Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman, and I'm here with my co-host, actually in the same room. We are sitting across <laughs> from each other, across from a table, where I think we're not quite six feet, but we're close enough. Yes. But we are in studio. Yes. So it's very exciting for us. And this week on the podcast, we actually have one of our co-workers, Michael Kelly. So Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do for Lifeway. I will do that. I, I am not in the same room, so significantly <laughs> more than six feet away from you guys. Yes. Um, but yeah, my name is Michael Kelly, uh, married to the lovely Jana Kelly. We have three children. Uh, we have a 16-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter and another 11-year-old son. And uh, we live here in the Nashville area. At Lifeway, uh, my, my job title is the Senior Vice President of Church Ministries and so t- uh, tangibly, what that means is is the team that we all work on together is responsible for um, everything that Lifeway does that relates directly to the church. So all of our Bible studies and um, curriculum lines and all of our events and camps for adult students and children, uh, that all runs through our team. And basically, when we have a division meeting, uh, I think about 80% of Lifeway kind of is in the church ministries area. I mean, honestly, it's It's really the biggest area, wouldn't you say? It's a big team. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big team. Uh, And it's, it's just, it's got a lot of uh, breadth to it, you know, um, People work on different things and have different areas of, of specialty, but uh, that's one of the great parts about it is uh, because we get to interface with the church and church leaders at, at so many different levels and in so many different ways. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, you've got a new resource out. You've, this isn't the first time you've written a book or the first time you've done something, so <laughs> you're a pretty prolific writer, but we know that our audience is going to be really excited about this. Um, it's a new re- resource called The Whole Story for the Whole Family. And so um, I don't want to give away too much of it, so Michael, tell us a little bit about it and just kind of how it came about from your own experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it is uh, so I've written a few books. I, I would say that this this thing um, 
took the the most work <laughs> of of any of the of the things. Uh, what it is is a year long family devotion guide. So um, it it uh, walks through the the storyline of Scripture chronologically in devotion form, uh, so that families can take fifteen or twenty minutes uh, a day together and sit together and read the Bible. Um, and the way that it came about really was uh, this is something that our family has has tried to do for a number of years, probably ten years now. We've we've been doing this uh, pretty consistently, and um, we, we have used a variety of different resources to do that. Uh, and so, you know, when you do something for that long, I think it's inevitable you think to yourself, you know, I wish that we had a resource that did this or did that. So it, I, I kind of wanted to write something from our family's own personal experience of what has worked really well and what has not worked. Um, and so that's that's where the format comes from. So what people will find if they, if they get the book is that each day uh, there's uh, like an opening uh, kind of object lesson or illustration that's very, very simple uh, and easy to do. And then there's a text of, you know, uh, 10 verses or so that the family reads together. And then there's four or five discussion questions about the text, uh, as well as some, you know, two or three paragraphs of, of explanation of this is what the text means and where it fits in the overall story of Scripture. Um, and again, it's, it's just, it's meant to be a really easy on-ramp for families if they want to read the Bible together, something that's hopefully really approachable and really achievable, um, something that really can be done as part of your everyday life. So I haven't seen it, Michael, but I'm curious, like as a, as a parent, do you need to spend any time like reviewing it or preparing before you do it, or can you just kind of open it up and do it together? Yeah, it's it's meant to be super approachable, but it's probably the kind of thing where you might want to take five minutes before you open, before you actually start. I, the reason that I say that is just because uh, sometimes the object lesson will say things like, you know, gather three boxes of cereal right. or, mm-hmm. you know, these two common household objects, just something that you have to go and get in order to do it. Um, but other than that, uh, it, it really is something you can sort of open up and do. That's one of the reasons we wanted it to be this way uh, is because my, my experience has been that, that even though we've been doing this for quite a while with our family, we had children for quite a while before we started doing it. And, and reading the Bible together and having just a family devotion time was something that I always intended to do, but I, I had trouble making the initial choice, you know, to actually make time for it. Uh, and so I, I wanted to try and, and um, write something for a, a dad or a mom like me who thinks I really would like to do that, but I just don't know exactly where to start. Well, this could be a really good way to get started, um, that you know that this really is something I could I could do every day. Yeah, and along those lines, like what encouragement would you have for moms? Because we this is a women's podcast, so we think most of our listeners are probably in the mom category of parenting. Um, as they try to incorporate a family devotional time into their days with their kids, like do you have any specific pointers or um, <laughs> encouraging words? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I, I think one thing would just be uh, be realistic about it. Like, 
I think it's unrealistic if a parent thinks, okay, we're going to have revival breakout <laughs> once a week. At our, it's just not realistic. More realistic is thinking we're going to read the Bible consistently together, and once every two weeks, I'm going to get a glimmer that tells me that the kids are actually getting this. So so one thing is just be, be realistic and, and understand what you're doing here is you're playing the long game, not the, not the short game. I mean, sometimes we think about the Bible like a microwave, like you, you just open it up and you read a little nugget and immediately you get sort of your life microwaved out of it. Um, it doesn't generally work like that, that the Bible is, is it's more like a crock pot than it is a microwave. Like you're meant to simmer in God's word and not be microwaved by it. So that's one thing is be realistic. Um, the other just real practical thing that I would say is one of the things when we decided to do this, to make this decision, we realized that like so many other things in life, uh, a Monday morning family devotion is really a Sunday night decision. So what it meant for us was we, we've got to help our kids know that we don't make lunches on the morning of the school day. We make them the night before. Um, we don't do homework the morning of a school day. We finish it the night before. And then as parents, we just make the active choice. We're going to set our alarms 15 minutes earlier so that we can make sure that breakfast is ready at a set, stable time every day to just create the rhythm. But a lot of the ways that you create the rhythm are just through practical choices that you make the day before. Um, so those are a couple of things that I think would be would be really, really helpful. Yeah. That's yeah, great. And I, and I think too, I, I mean, what you said about just kind of the consistency or mm-hmm. what the intentionality of that, because, you know, I, it's been a many years since I was a child, but I can still remember my dad, you know, kind of getting out the Bible and just spending a little bit of time reading some scripture, and, you know, mm-hmm. and it I don't, I won't even say that we did that every single day for years, but I still have that memory. And I think that's such mm. a, um, such a great encouragement for parents to go like, this is a spiritual investment. Um, and, and it's yeah. a, it's a good marker for your kids to, to be able to see that you love scripture and, you know, just watching us, you know, interact with scripture is, is so good. Um, but okay. So I, you know, in the midst of those things, and Michael, you have a pretty good sense of humor, but I, I've got to imagine that there has been the moment when something went completely wrong, oh. or like everybody got the giggles, or like can, for sure. So, kind of share maybe some like mishaps that maybe have happened along the way. Oh man, well, it, I mean, it, it happens once a week. Like it just happens. It happens once a week. You know, there are uh, like. People get confused. The kids getting confused. Wait, who is this? This talking? What is what is going on here? Um, and you know, the, probably the thing that's happened most recently is we've we've gotten to the point now where we've done this long enough, and our kids are old enough that we actually share the responsibility around the table. So the kids actually lead devotion now, um, and we're using a resource um, uh, to to do that. Well, like the other day, my 16 year old who, you know, he, he would tell you if he were on the podcast today that he's, he's, <laughs> he's just introspective. He's not a big talker. And so leading the family devotion is not his favorite thing to do. <laughs> so the, his standard deal is he'll read the text and then he will just look up and say, okay, guys, 
what just happened? <laughs> uh, Good question. And then, yeah. and then let everybody else do it. It's a great question, except when you know you're reading just one verse and it's something that Jesus said, <laughs> and so then he goes with his rote question like he did this morning. What just happened? And then the eleven year old is like, "Well, Jesus said some things." <laughs> yep, that's yeah. pretty much it. That's that's what happened. Uh, so it, there's all you know. There's always stuff like that, and then of course there's the moments where you run across you know, s- stories that require explanation of an, of another sort. Like, uh, and I remember several years ago, uh, we were reading, <laughs> we were reading the story of Rahab. Mm-hmm. And of course the story of Rahab, you know, if, 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 if you're familiar with the biblical story, you know, that Rahab was a, was a prostitute. She was a prostitute. Right. So, uh, you're reading in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. And that word comes up. And then you've got a six year old who says, I got a question. question. (laughs) So, you know, it's just a little side road you have to take that, of course, leads to other side roads Uh that then uh, that then have to be discussed. So there's always stuff like that. Uh, And then that's not even to account for just the general kind of, you know, it's unrealistic to think that everybody's going to be super fired up about spending 15 minutes (laughs) in the Bible at at 645 in the morning. (laughs) every day. It's just, it's not going to happen. So you got all kinds of attitudes and that kind of thing that are worked in there. But Kelly, you, you said it a minute ago, and I think it's exactly right, that even though it's not a huge win every day, the consistency of doing it over and over again, um, that in and of itself is really, really powerful in just trying, trying by God's grace to set a pattern uh, for kids when they continue when they continue to grow. Well, and I think too, because you've built that consistency in your kids, that when they leave your home, if they aren't if they aren't personally consistent with their time with the Lord, like th- there's going to be a little bit of a, a hole there. I think that you you're going to build that in, and they're going to have a yearning to go. I miss that. I need to spend time with the Lord. And that's such a, a great kind of formation. You know, when we talk about spiritual formation, it really does happen mm-hmm. in those younger years. I hope so. It, it's one of the things, uh, several years ago, uh, the Lifeway Kids team did uh, did some research, um, a statistical research project about, uh, it was really focused on, uh, you know, what, what tends to happen a lot of times. Uh, after a kid graduates from high school, you know, so you make mm-hmm. the high school to college jump, and there, of course, is a large dropout rate from the church. So the the question at the center of the research was, what are the things, what are the habits, the characteristics of kids who stay, mm-hmm. who stay locked into the church and locked into the faith, and and above any others. I mean, there were some really really interesting findings there, but but one of the most telling was that. Kids who read the Bible for themselves tend to stay yeah. in the church. Um, so that's really challenging, too, I think, for parents who want to have a family devotion time to, to help us understand, you know, that there is a, there is a progression beyond this. Uh, just like you said, that it's wonderful to have a family devotion time. But really what we want to get to is kids actually doing that on their own, them taking the initiative you know, to pick up the Bible, to read it, to understand it. And hopefully this is a, it's a stepping stone to be able to get to that point too. Yeah. And I think 
we're going to shift a little bit now because I, I do think all that's great um, and definitely something that our audience is here for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they want to know how they can be like instill that value in those um, habits into their children. So thank you for talking through that with us um, and encouraging those moms as they do that. Um, but we also want to look at what you do for Lifeway and what encouragement you might have for church leaders, whether they're someone who leads a Sunday school class, a women's ministry, um, if they're on staff, or maybe their husbands are on staff at a church. It's been a discouraging year, <laughs> and we know that um, you work with a lot of church leaders. So is there any encouragement that you have for those church leaders at this time after? I mean, it's almost been a full year since we've gone in yeah, lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, uh, it, it has certainly been a discouraging year. I think one encouraging thing is that, um, and, and maybe this is not just encouraging for church leaders, but just in general, is that, that these are days when you sort of need to give yourself permission to be human, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes as a church leader, I think that, that, that church leaders, Bible study leaders, Sunday school teachers, that there's this inherent expectation on you um, that that you are going to be like uh, an unceasing reservoir of hope and joy. Well, that's true uh, to to some extent, but at the same time, we're all human beings, uh, and as human beings, this has been terrible <laughs> yeah. um, in in a lot of different ways. And so it's it's really okay to feel. Like, it's been terrible. Like, to, to give yourself permission to just be a human being uh, and know that it's been terrible. Um, another encouraging thing, I think, is to, uh, in the midst of reflecting on everything that, that COVID has taken from us, to also realize that there are some significant opportunities that have been given to us. So opportunities to rethink what the nature of discipleship in the church is, mm-hmm. um, to reflect on the true nature of relationships. Boy, there's never been a better time to be more thankful and more resolved, you know, to to have good, strong, stable relationships than right now. So those are all those are all opportunities and opportunities for people who lead in the church for them to to instill those opportunities uh, into into the people that they're leading. And then the third thing I, I think is uh, to just to encourage people to to put reasonable expectations on themselves. Mm. So an unreasonable expectation would be to think that. Uh, as soon as everybody gets vaccinated, that you're going to have 100% of the same number of people come to your Bible study as did before the pandemic. That feels a little unreasonable to me. Right. A more reasonable expectation would be to say, you know what, I'm just going to try to make contact with everybody in my Bible study, you know, once every two or three weeks, just to check on them and make sure that they're okay and talk to them for five or ten minutes. That's a more reasonable expectation. So just put reasonable, reasonable leadership expectations on yourself, uh, and then move forward. Yes, I think that's so encouraging, and something that I've been talking through with a lot of my friends. Even just you know, we're all going through something, and it's hard to, especially if you're somebody that maybe hasn't been directly touched by you know 
someone having the illness or dying from the illness, sometimes we forget that we're all still going through this major thing. (laughs) So to kind of just, yeah, remember that we're all human, including our church leaders. And so Mm -hmm. if we are church leaders, we need to remember that. But also if we're in congregations to, you know, just be an encouraging person to our church leaders that are um, also going through this and are human just like we are. And so, um, well, the final question we want to ask you is the question that we ask everybody. So what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? So I knew that you guys were going to ask this question. And so I spent a little, a little time, uh, thinking about it. I, I think that, that maybe the thing that has marked me the most, uh, is the fact that our, our two-year-old son, uh, I'm sorry, our 16, when he was two years old, uh, our son was diagnosed with leukemia. He's 16 years old now. And so we went through three and a half years of, of chemotherapy uh, and, and that kind of thing with a two-year-old. Um, in some ways, it felt like to me that when our son was diagnosed, that that was the moment uh, when I really grew up, you know, when I, re- when I really, really became an adult. But it also was so formational in the way um, that I think both my wife and I, the way that we view faith and the way that we view community, the way that we view God and his compassion towards us, it, is, it, it has been. It's one of those things that really has uh, marked is, is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It makes me think of, of you know, the story in Genesis where, where Jacob has lived his entire life uh, being self-sufficient, kind of maneuvering and jockeying for position. Uh, and then he comes to this pivotal moment when he knows he's going to have to return to his brother, who he has greatly wronged, and he wrestles with the Lord uh, the night before. So he wrestles with God, and one of the things he takes from wrestling with God is this physical marking of his struggle that in the wrestling match that the Lord touches his hip and Jacob never walked the same way again. I think anybody who has had a period of pain and suffering, and maybe for many people, that's what this year is going to represent is sort of a wrestling match with the Lord with doubts and fear and anxiety and all those kind of things. Well, those things mark us and we don't walk the same way with the Lord again. Uh, In some ways we walk more closely, but, but it's always different. It's always different. It's always it all, they always mark us like that. I don't think we've had anybody use that illustration. I know, <laughs> and, it, and it seems so obvious, right? To go to hey. that, so yeah. that's <laughs> such a great reminder of that. Well, Michael, we do know that you have like a lot on your plate and, and a lot of responsibilities. What are some ways that our listeners can be praying for Lifeway and for um, what's happening with our church ministries area? You know, it, it really the reason why we exist, the reason why there is a Lifeway is so that we can come alongside church leaders and provide what they need to do the work that only they can do. Um, it, it's always helpful for me to remember that Jesus didn't look at a video screen or uh, a podcast. Um, he, he didn't look at uh, a, a company and say, you go make disciples. No, he, he looked at individual living, breathing human beings and said, this is your work. You need to go and make disciples. So the reason why we exist is so that we can try and aid that process 
that only real live human beings uh, can can do. So, uh, in terms of ways to pray, it would be that that we are able to do that uh, into the future. That that we're able to make things, create things, host things uh, that really do help people do the work that Jesus has given them to do. Yeah, yeah we appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like that's. Um yeah, that's our mission. And no matter where we work in Lifeway, that's mm-hmm. what we're here for. So I appreciate you summing that up so well. Yeah. I'm like, uh, we're, we might need to have this soundbite just yeah. like on the website. When we go there. <laughs> Here's where we're here. Uh, well, thank you, Michael, so much. Um, we know that um, you have a lot on, your, you know, just a lot of responsibilities and, and you have a lot of great people that <clears throat> serve on our team and stuff. So we've, we counted a great privilege to be part of the Lifeway family and and really counted a great privilege to have you as part of that as well, and leading and being in such a, a instrumental and a critical point of leadership. So we really do appreciate that. Yes. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys yeah. for for letting me come on and speak with you. Right. Of course. All right. Well, li- listeners, thank you so much, and we do really hope that you will check out um, Michael's new book, The Whole Story for the Whole Family. Um, even if you are, you know, maybe don't, maybe you don't have children, you probably know someone who does. So it'd it be would a, make great a great gift. gift yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> so definitely check that out, and you can go to lifeway.com and find that, or it'll be on our show notes. So thanks again for joining us, and we hope to, that you'll join us next week. Bye. Join us for Discipleology, a podcast about all things discipleship. With each new episode, Discipleology hosts Andrew, Mary, and Chris take a deep dive into a topic that directly impacts your daily life as a disciple and a disciple maker. We'll help you consider how to apply each of these topics in your home, in your church, and in your community. We get to talk to discipleship experts from around the country about what's really working for them as they make disciples. Discipleology is all about helping us grow as disciples every single day. Listen to Discipleology for free wherever you get your podcasts or new this season, watch us on YouTube and Facebook. Discipleology, what really works in discipleship. Brought to you by Bible Studies for Life. so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. 
It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.